everyone. Welcome to Hosted. This is the show where we get to flip the script on hosts. We get to find out all of the information that we never really get to learn because hosts are always doing all of the questioning. So we have today, we have Jessica Powell with Full Scale. She is the Director of Strategic Partnership, and she's also the producer of their podcast, Startup Hustle, which has been in production for over five years. Is that correct, Jessica? Or is it longer than that? We just celebrate our fourth birthday. So about four and a half years. And 806 episodes, soon to be 807 under your belt. That's incredible. Thank you. So tell us all a little bit about why y'all started the podcast and what your role has been in getting this podcast off the ground and continuing to get it published weekly. Is that right? Every day, Monday through Friday. Every day. Yes. Wow. Incredible. So All right. We started the podcast uh, December 7th, 2017. And it was really my two founders. So um, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson founded Full Scale. And they knew that podcasts were starting. And, you know, what is this? What's going on? In true entrepreneur fashion, they want to check out what's going on. And they started the podcast really to tell the truth about entrepreneurship, that it's not all Lambos and good times. It's hard. It's hard work. Um, So much so that our second episode ever produced is called Getting Funded Sucks. Because (laughs) (laughs) it does, right? And so they started the podcast just to tell the story, the real story of entrepreneurship. And strategically along the way, you know, for at least probably 30 or 40 of the first episodes, it was just Matt and Matt talking about entrepreneur stuff. And, um, and I think that it kind of shocked all of us that it, it really took off. I mean, people were listening. It wasn't just them having a conversation and recording it. And then they realized that, hey, we should bring on some other founders to tell the real story of entrepreneurship. And so, you know, Matt and Matt would both host another founder and they would bring them into the office, into our studios as pre-COVID days and, you know, just have that story on entrepreneurship, talk about different sectors of startups. And we realized that this was a wonderful lead gen opportunity for full scale, our parent company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it just, it's grown into a whole new life of its own. And I'm so lucky that I get to be, I wake up every day thinking about it and I go to bed every day thinking about it. I love it. (laughs) Well, and I think it's really interesting too, Jessica, you, you are all based in the headquarters in Kansas city. So not necessarily the, the hotbed for startups, right? So do you think that that has some influence on your perspective? You're able to kind of watch from afar the ridiculousness that happens sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, my founders, they're serial entrepreneurs. And, you know, when you've been in the startup world for as long as I have, which is, you know, 15 years now, you realize that there's, you know, certain rites of passages. There's certain things that every founder or in this case, people that are listening, that every host on a podcast is likely to go through. And so I, you know, with Matt and Matt, they have already failed. 
you know, they, yeah. they have already exited business. They have done so much of the work that um, you kind of have to do in order to be successful. And, um, you know, the podcast was just an opportunity for them to give back because once you've learned it, like, I'll give you an example. Um, most people, most founders, most startups at some point are going to hire the wrong developer. They are going to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a developer or a development company, and it, they just won't hit the mark. You know, the money will be gone or deliverables will take three times as long, whatever it is. You are likely going to hire a wrong developer at some point in your entrepreneurial journey. And, you know, if you've already done that, then you need to, sh- you have a duty to share that. And, and so the podcast is really our opportunity to help founders because that's who we love. Yeah. And it sounds like the mats are not afraid to share oh. their failures and vulnerabilities. Yes. yes, absolutely. And, you know, and that's one of the things that I tell our guests when they come on, you know, I give them little tips on how to be a good guest, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Mm-hmm. And one of them is to be real. And, you know, people like hearing failures because that humanizes them and everybody fails and we can't always just be celebrating the wins in order to win. You likely failed a little bit to get there. So let's talk about that. Yeah. And, and quite frankly, the wins are boring. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't want to be at a dinner party listening about everyone's success. I want to hear about how they fell on their face, like the things that are happening that you're like, oh, that's right. Yeah. So when you're, as you're growing this podcast, initially it was just Matt and Matt riffing, but then deciding to bring guests on the show Mm -hmm. and you're having, you're, you're managing this whole process, producing the show. How do you start to find guests and what do you look for in guests that you bring onto the show to interview? Um, well, back then, so, you know, first 100, 200, 300 episodes, it was our network. It was who do we know has a good story? Who do we know is good behind a mic? You know, let's not invite someone boring you know, let's not invite someone who's only going to share the highs. Let's invite someone who's real and keeps it real. And, um, and, you know, an expert. So I am even more so now that we're at 800 plus episodes, I'm very diligent in ensuring that the guests that we bring on, um, have been vetted. Um, so if it is their first company, great. You know, that doesn't mean that you're not qualified, but that does mean that we're going to share that this is your first time and people will always learn from all spectrums, but I'm not going to say how to raise capital is your, is your episode title. If I know you've never raised capital. So, uh, doing the work on my end. And having a daily published podcast, that is a lot of guests to source. So how far in advance are you planning all of this out? Is it? Yeah. Um, so right now we're, we are recording, what is today? March, um, the 15th. March 15th. So we're recording on March 15th today. And if, and when I record, I think there's only two guests that we're recording with today. Those will air in about two months at most three months. 
So, you know, the backlog. Yeah. The target's always changing. Um, but right now I, I really don't sleep well at night unless I know that I could, you know, get hit by that proverbial bus and things would still happen for a month. Um, but I, I want it to be even more so than that. Um, because why not? I, that's impressive. I, I don't know very many shows that are operating quite like that. So, but yeah, I'm assuming- I, I, my goal is, um, is three months out already, um, scheduled, but you know, when, it, when you pull in a, a new realm of sponsorships mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, throws a kink into the production a little bit, because a lot of sponsors, you know, their PR firms or ad firms, they're very particular on what day, that episode airs. And so I have to be, I have to ensure that I don't overpromise and under deliver. Um, so that's why I also have a big backlog is so I can, um, I push an episode to the back if it's not sponsored by a sponsor, instead it's sponsored by my parent company, full scale, I'll push those back if I need to. Or, um, if I found the episode a little dry, I'll push those back. So tell me about the sponsorship piece to this, because I was listening to a recent episode and Gusto. Oh, I love Gusto. They're one of my favorites. They're great. They're actually headquartered here in Denver. Great. Yeah. And it's funny because if I had to get a new job, I would want to work at Gusto (laughs) because I know so much about the company and the people there are just perfect. I'm a big fan of Gusto. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was really impressed. It's hard. I mean, we talked to hosts every day, all day. That's our job at KitCaster. Mm-hmm. And it's, everyone wants to figure out a way to monetize their podcast sure. and, and sponsorship is really challenging. So when you're working with sponsors and I mean, getting these big name sponsorships, do they have some say in the guests that they're, the episodes that they're sponsoring? Is it typically an association with them? Like, how does that, how does that work? So, um, I've been in the sponsorship world forever and I kind of, I speak sponsor, so I know what they need and want. And essentially the number one thing that Augusto or any sponsor wants is an ROI. They want to prove a return on their investment. So whether they're giving you $5 for an episode or $5,000 for an episode, what are you doing to prove to them that they made more money than they spent on your episode? And so there's little tricks in order to do that. Um, I don't usually accept sponsors unless they're willing to do certain things that can help me prove to them an ROI. One of which is I really need your logo and I need your logo to be put on my partner webpage. So that's startuphustle.xyz slash partners. And on our partner webpage, it shows their logo. It has 150 characters or less description and a dedicated link. And I'm really a big stickler on the dedicated link. And I'll tell you a funny story. One time I had a sponsor, you know, it was right whenever I first came on. So, um, you know, he didn't have me kind of guiding him as well as my others. But, you know, he said, Jessica, you know, I see on my dedicated URL that I've had 382 visitors this month on, 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 on our dedicated webpage, but I have no new clients. And, you know, 
as respectfully as I could, I wanted to say, well, that's not my problem. That is your problem. I did my job. I brought almost 400 visitors to your webpage. How are you converting? You know, do you, is your, sir, is your form too long? Have you done the form yourself to ensure that it actually is, is able to be used accurately? And, and so sponsors, they have to do a little work on their end too. Um, and if the partnership, you know, like I, you know, I'm a big proponent of everyone has to win. And if, um, if everyone at the table isn't winning, then nobody's going to come back to that table. So it's very important that when you, you select a sponsor, so it's not, you, you can, you have the power to say no too. And I, I know that I'm saying that at a, um, level of eliteness maybe because our podcast has performed and perhaps, you know, on episode one, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to say no, like I do today, but we say no to sponsors that don't make sense. And those that don't make sense are, our listeners going to find value in them? Because if my listeners, which are founders, startup enthusiasts, business people, um, if if they're not going to find value in Gusto or whomever my sponsor is, then I have to say no, because they, no one, not everyone will be winning. And we'll have a good outcome and you know, it's not going to be a good partnership. And you know, you want the goal is to be for Gusto to come back and you never have to go hunt again. The fish come up to the boat and And the fish will come up to the boat when you make the right choices every single day. You you don't have to go hunting if you continue to make the right choices every day. So do you think when you're demonstrating the ROI that the unique URL that you have with your sponsorship page, is is that one of the most valuable aspects to the sponsorship program? I think it is very valuable, but I think that the number one most valuable is the host read ad reads. And so it's not just my host reading those two sentences that my sponsor gave us. It is the host actually selling it. It's the host believing in it. And, you know, if you listen to a Gusto sponsor from one of our previous episodes, you likely heard one of my hosts saying that they are personally a Gusto user. Why? Because we are. And and we have to, um, you know, it's, it's an influencer play. You know, after our listenership has listened to Andrew on Tuesdays, he focuses on e-commerce. They know Andrew. They know Andrew because they've been listening to him for two years. They trust Andrew. And so if Andrew says, hey, I use Gusto and I love it, that is actually the ROI that I feel is going to make Gusto the happiest. But the trick is, I need my listeners to actually go use the dedicated URL so that I can get credit for that. And so, um, you know, that can be tricky. Sometimes it's important that, um, that you get people to go click on the ROL. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the conversion is tricky with podcasts because yes. as consumers, 
oftentimes we're multitasking right. as we're listening and we're right. not necessarily sitting in front of our computer where we're given the opportunity to then go directly to a URL to right. take action. So, but I do think it's really important to get the host by. And I think the host read is incredibly valuable. And like you said before, making sure that you actually believe in whatever it is that you are having that you're promoting that yes. you're having sponsorship for. So, um, and I think even that- better, some more tips is when Andrew is, you know, talking to his guests before they hit record, Andrew has a script. So there's a, a script, a loose script that I ensure that our hosts, um, are telling each one of our guests before they come on, you know, ensuring that, that they're pronouncing their name correctly, ensuring that they have the right title because everyone's title on LinkedIn is different than what they actually want on the podcast for some reason. Um, and, um, and then saying, hey, today's episode is sponsored by Gusto. I just want you to know that I'll be mentioning Gusto and then, you know, right as we start in the middle and towards the end. And when you hear me on the third, on the third ad read, you'll know that we're getting ready to wrap up, you know, just to get those clues to the guests because you want them to do their best as well. And a lot of times when I found that they do say, yes, Gusto is my sponsor. The guests will then talk about it as well. So now there's an actual conversation happening around the sponsor. And so no wonder Gusto is coming back. Yeah, no, that's really smart. I mean, I I think, again, I would imagine that folks listening to this particular episode this is an area that everyone struggles with. And, and then that, that ROI piece is really challenging, especially in podcasts. So this is really valuable insight. Another great thing you can do if you get your sponsors to agree to it, you know, they can, I, I'm confident that people actually do go to our show notes and they do click gusto.com backslash startup hustle, or they type it out because my hosts are saying you get three months free if you use our dedicated URL and free to, to entrepreneurs, you know, there's not much of a better word. Yeah. And do you find that most of your sponsors are giving something, whether it be a discount or some free uh, I months? Wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that even though I try to encourage yeah. them to, and I tell them, you know, you'll be able to see a better ROI. I'll be able to prove to you these things. They don't all do that. And I'm not sure why, um, but it's it's a it's a failure on on their part, in my opinion. I agree. I mean, it's something that we talk to our clients about all the time when they're going on podcasts as guests. As you know, when you're finding guests for the podcast, you're looking for guests to have a, an interesting conversation, and that's what we tell our clients that mm-hmm. you know a byproduct of this is brand awareness. Of course, you're going to mention your company. You're going to talk about the problem that you're looking to solve, all of those things. But really, it's not until the end that you get to say, you know, where can people find you? The call to action is really important. And giving something away is crucial. I mean, if you want people to act, you have to give them a reason to act. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yes. Yeah. So when you're, you know, kind of thinking, so we've talked through sponsorship, going back to the guests, because I do, this is an area that I don't often cover in these episodes. And I think it's really important because 
the success of a podcast is all around the content. Yes. People are going to listen because they know guaranteed every time the conversation is going to be good. Yep. So how do you make sure that that happens? Um, I make sure that my hosts are speaking ideally 50% of the time. So like, I don't want my guests to be speaking 80% and my host to be speaking 20. I don't want it to be an interview. I want it to be a conversation. Um, and so I do the work on the back end to ensure that it's a conversation. And that means I already have a title of the episode created before we record. I know that title because when the guest books, there's a questionnaire that they have to fill out in order to book. And it's a very quick questionnaire. You know, what are three topics you want to talk about? Is there any specific question that you want to be asked? Is there anything specific that you don't want to be asked? Uh, And from there, I'm able to come up with a title. I go research them on LinkedIn. I'll see if they've ever been on a podcast before, listen to it quickly to see if they were really great and if they should speak more about that. I'll go into Omni, which is where we house all of our podcasts and I'll put in a keyword. So maybe the keyword is pivot. And I will want to see has Startup Hustle already produced 20 shows about pivoting because I don't want to have the exact same conversation again. And, and so our, our guests, you know, and so I, I kind of tee the guests up as well, how, how to be a great guest. And one thing that guests need to do more of is ask questions to the host. And so like, shame on me. I haven't asked you one question. But if I did, that would make the listeners so much more engaged because you're an industry expert on something. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. So why am I not reciprocating in the conversation? Yeah, I, you know, it is interesting because there are so many different styles of podcast mm-hmm. interviews, Correct. conversations. I mean, I feel like what you're saying is that it's not necessarily an interview. It's a conversation. Correct. And, and, dialogue. I, and I have a lot of guests. Um, funny enough, they're usually always women asking, will you share with me the questions beforehand? And, and I'm always like, I promise you that every question that my host asks, it will be geared towards what you're passionate about. And so I rarely will ever share the questions that I have in the set list because my, my hosts won't always follow it. My hosts go where the conversation takes them. I trust my hosts. They've all recorded hundreds of episodes before, and they're going to get great conversations simply by by feeling the passion and guiding the conversation as they should. Yeah. I mean, they shouldn't be following a preset list of questions. What a boring conversation. I think that, Jessica, I think that stems from folks who have any sort of traditional media training and the prep that's involved yeah. with that, you know, they're used to having talking points yes. that they don't veer from. And you certainly wouldn't want to get in a situation where you're, you're misrepresenting your organization or saying something that's going to come back to haunt you. But podcasting is just, it's, it's not like that. It's not, no. hosts aren't trying what to I have found you. Really? Interest, like maybe it's because I'm listening to all of my episodes before they're released, but I love it when my hosts can mention a stat. So I've been including that more in the set list, you know, instead of 
talking points or questions, you know, if it is, um, you know, a female founder in biotech, maybe I'll include a stat that says only 10% of founders in the biotech industry are women, you know, like just some kind of stat so that that can further hit more interesting conversations. Yeah, I I agree with you. We do the same thing with our clients. We always say to have some stats in their back pocket. People love it. Yes. And all our sales, be ready with a question for the host. And then you can kind of gather yourself while they're talking. Do you have any fun stats for your industry? Well, you know, our industry is tech, you know, so full scale is all about providing developers for growing companies. And, you know, I'm not really a tech person, to be honest with you. I, I'm a people person, which is why I just kind of, you know, yeah, strategic um, partnerships. That's the thing. I build my way right into the <laughs> podcast. Um, I know that there's over 90,000 IT tech jobs or 9,000, 9,000 9, open IT jobs just in Kansas City alone where we're wow. headquartered. And so, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that there's hundreds of thousands in the U S and even if, um, even if it wasn't a demand problem, uh, startups can't afford how expensive our developers are in the States too. So just educating people about offshoring and, um, how valuable offshoring can be to growing companies is, is something that I love, but mainly I love that because I love founders. Yeah. Well, and I think too, you know, I think what that hesitancy is around offshoring is the management, right? Yes. Which and is so something because, you all do. Yes. Because we're an IT company, you know, because we develop things, we developed our own management software. And so, um, a company in Kansas City, if they have five developers in full scale, they can log into fullscale.rocks because we think we rock <laughs> and, and they can manage their five employees right then and there. And, um, yeah, and I really have to give all credit to the mats because they have started and exited several businesses. So they knew the pain point was finding qualified, affordable developers and they solved their own problem, which is, in my opinion, the definition of a good founder is being able to solve your own problem. Yeah. And don't you think, I mean, as you have worked your way through almost 807 episodes, listening to various entrepreneurs talk about their journey. Don't you feel like that's common? Like you just, they have a pain point in whatever they're doing and maybe they're, they've failed miserably in this, this current um, startup that they're working with, but they see an opportunity because of something that maybe they failed doing. That's correct. You know, everything happens for a reason. And there's a reason why there's a saying of, you know, fail fast. Yeah. And it's because you have to fail in order to succeed. So, you know, get out there and try. Yeah, so true. So, you know, back to back to the guests. One question I have for you is how do you do you lean into your guests to share the episodes. I think that that is one area that we see with our clients and we've heard from 
lots of different hosts and producers that they struggle to get the guests to share the episodes with their network. So how do you address that? So first, having realistic expectations that not every guest will share. And that does not mean that you have done anything wrong. That does not mean that the podcast episode sucks. That does not mean anything other than the fact that that particular guest is not sharing it. You know, perhaps they don't have time. Perhaps they don't see the value. Perhaps they think that's your job. Whatever their excuse, in my opinion, is, um, is not something that you need to think about and or internalize. You move on. You go to the next and you try to do your best to increase your own ROI for that. And so how we have, um, you know, done our best to ensure that our guests uh, share is that I share the projected, the slated episode release date. And so, um, you know, I don't love doing that because, you know, sometimes they can get mad if it doesn't happen on that date or there's a lot of questions and back and forth. But um, at the same time, I think that there's value in telling your guests that, hey, you know, currently your episode is slated to release on May 11th. I will reach back out before that happens with assets for you so that you can share it. So right there with what I did is I laid an expectation on the date. And I also laid an expectation on what I expect you to do when I reach back out. And I feel that I have a better... Uh, conversion rate and getting those guests to share that when I give them a heads up on the date. And so, you know, founders are busy. Startups are busy. Our our guests are hustling. I mean, they're busy. And so if I can give them a heads up that this is when it's going to happen, then I have a better chance of them or their marketing team or their Jessica, whoever that may be in, in ensuring that it happens. So that's one thing I do. The other thing I do is very important when you have 800 plus episodes that there's an actual link that your guest can go to that go directly to their episode. Because can you imagine if I had, you know, um, Mark Cuban on, on episode one, I mean, would anybody scroll through 800 episodes to listen to that? No. And would Mark Cuban share that episode after two weeks? No, because people are still having to scroll. So we use a smart link uh, to create episodes every morning once they go live. And we share that smart link with our guests so that if they share it today or if they share it in five years, their listeners will, it will direct them to To the actual episode or to Spotify or whatever my phone listens to podcasts on. And so that's really important. The other thing is you know, one of my hosts, Matt DeCourcy, he, he always says this in his podcast, that you have to make it easy for people to help you. And so if you want people to share their podcast episode, make it easy for them. And so in order to make it easy for them, um, you know, write some examples, you know, so and every you know email that I send, there's two examples, you know, here, I have created a couple of examples for you. Feel free to copy and paste this or create your own. And it I was on the Startup Hustle podcast. You know, listen to my episode, uh, Selling an E-Commerce Business, where I got to sit down and talk shop with Andrew Morgans. 
don't forget to rate and or subscribe and rate the show too. Like I literally, I, I, I wrote exactly what I would love for them to copy and paste. Sometimes they do copy and paste it. Sometimes they create their own. Sometimes they do nothing, but I did my job. Another way is to ensure that you're including a picture, an image for them to attach. And this is a pain point for us right now, you know, because we have 21, 22, 23 episodes airing every month. I was getting really annoyed that we would spend so much time creating a customized image for all of those episodes when the guests wouldn't even use them. So how am I justifying my creative team spending an hour plus or however long it takes for this image when no one's even using it? Um, so I can't tell you that I have an answer on the perfect image yet. Um, we're doing it in Canva right now. I'm not happy with it, but it's quick and it's easy and it's still giving something for my guests to attach. I've noticed that a lot of my guests, you know, especially that are marketing, you know, MarTech experts in the marketing, you know, that they will create their own beautiful branded image and good for them. You know, because guests don't realize that your, your podcast episode that you were just on, that is a rich asset to you. And what are you doing after the recording stops? Because after the recording stops, that's when it is valuable. That's when the work really begins. So what are you doing as a guest to go pull the ROI out yourself? Because it's your job as the guest, not your host. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, we talk about this all the time. It's mm-hmm. it's the episode, yes, amazing. You connected with a host, you had a great conversation. But beyond that, give that conversation more miles. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like 30 to 60 minutes of you yes. talking intelligently about what you do. It's it's like this, it's this rare opportunity where you get to have and and with somebody who's done some research. Yeah who actually kind of knows what you're doing and can and can ask the appropriate questions. So, you know, one thing that we started doing, Jessica, is we created, because this was a constant struggle for us and, and just working with our clients, is that we started a kind of a offshoot of Kitcaster and we have um, the, the content studio is what we've created. And we, we have like a hosting page where people can grab content. So, you know, your quotable moments. So eight quotes and then eight different variations of it. And then a, a blog of, of what you said during the interview so that you can just like grab it nice and easy. It's all nestled there. We have our clients who have been on hundred different podcasts, they can dig in and, and click on each episode and it gives them like eight pieces of content. And, you know, I've seen most of the time our sponsors do this really well, occasionally the guest, but, um, the one that's coming to mind the most right now is Pipeline Entrepreneurs. So if you go to pipelineentrepreneurs.com, you can see right there on their homepage, it has, five startup hustle logos and right underneath it, it says what that episode is. And, you know, they embedded the episode right in on their homepage. Why did they do that? Because it's, it's, it's telling about the pipeline organ. Like you can't sell it any better 
than having people outside of your organization sell it for you. Yeah. And that's what we hear from our clients just in the benefit of podcasting, especially if you are selling a technology that might be a little bit more complex to Mm -hmm. unravel, that has a longer sales cycle. If you're able to talk about it and and in a way that maybe you're including stats, you're including, you know, some pain points, talking about Mm -hmm. how this has helped other customers who the listeners can relate to. But those are so valuable and can many times shorten your sales cycle. Agreed. And people like buying from people they like. Yes. So when you can prove via podcast episode that you are likable, or at least that you're likable by that client, by that potential client, you know, um, you're going to convert. And, you know, so like for me right here on this, you know, I, I could potentially use this episode on a signature line. Want to hear what, what I have to say about being a great guest or a great podcast host? Listen here. Now I don't have to regurgitate this information constantly because I do. I'm constantly telling people, this is how you be a good guest. This is how you be a good sponsor. This is how you be a good host. I don't have to do that anymore. I can just say, hey, go listen to my podcast episode. Yeah. At your convenience. Yes. Whenever you want. While yeah. you're doing laundry or mowing the lawn. And don't forget to rate and subscribe. And don't forget to rate and subscribe. <laughs> Well, so as we're kind of wrapping up this hour, I would love, you've given such amazing, valuable tips throughout this entire conversation, but to nail, to just distill it down to three, three kind of core takeaways. If somebody is starting a podcast, they're, you know, hundred episodes deep in their podcast, but, you know, looking to tighten things up a bit. What are, what are three pieces of advice that you would give? For that particular person, I would give, um, you know, what processes do you have in place? Um, you know, do you have a set list? Do you touch your guests before, during, after? Um, have you asked your guests, you know, what did you like most about being on my show? How can I improve? Those are really important questions to ask at all times, but especially in the beginning. And, you know, also just a bit of encouragement is that if if you are not embarrassed of your first product, of your first episodes, if you are not embarrassed of that first pitch deck that you shared with an investor, then, then you started too late, you know, and and we should always be embarrassed by our first time out the gate. You know, like did, did Michael Jordan win the first game? No, he kept practicing and he kept perfecting. And so, you know, I like to try to just keep it real in the fact that yes, we're 806 episodes in right now, but if you listen to today's episode versus episode 50, we're miles improved and, and, and that's just constantly perfecting and honing, um, you know, choosing the right guests, um, having good communication, um, having a good microphone, um, you know, having a trusted network of people who will keep it real with you, you know, like, do you have someone that's going to say, Hey, you say, um, 
every single second? Or is there anyone doing QA? Because it can't always be you. And, you know, what quality assurances do you have in place to constantly be improving every time? So if episode 100 sounds exactly the same as episode one, you have a problem, yeah. you know, and, and, and you need to have a strategic conversation with someone who's going to keep it real. Um, because a lot of times people will just say what you want to hear and you need to have those people in your life that are going to share the truth at least their truth. Yeah. I've heard this a lot from, from hosts is this account of this idea of an accountability partner, essentially, and somebody that isn't afraid to take the gloves off and Mm -hmm. let you have it. And another thing, you know, as in all things in this world, but especially in the podcasting world, who is waking up every morning and that is their concern. Like, you know, is it you? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But at least one person needs to care about whatever you're building. And if that's that podcast, then, you know, have you checked Apple to ensure that the episode actually aired today? You know, have you um, looked at your set list or have you looked at your show notes to ensure that you spelled everything correctly? You know, you have to care. And if you're not going to care, then good luck. Why do it? Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's hard work and not everyone has a person who's dedicated to Correct. running and producing the show. Correct. But all of these things are so important. And if you really want to make your show successful and ultimately monetize, which is ne- should never be the reason why you start a podcast ever. No. Um, it it no. should be something that you truly want to do and you have something that you want to share with the world. Um, yes. But you'll never even get close to monetizing if you don't care Correct. about the content that you're putting out there. Correct. You know, what is your purpose? And is that going to make you want to wake up every morning and ensure that Apple has produced your show? You know, and our purpose at Startup Hustle is to help entrepreneurs. We are all feverishly dedicated to helping founders. And and that's why it makes it easy for me to do this job because I believe in our mission. So it's very important that whatever podcast you're producing, that you believe in it feverishly um, because it's hard work and not worth it if you don't believe in it. 100% agree. Couldn't agree more. I mean, that's really why we started this podcast, Hosted, because- Our sole existence is helping hosts find yeah. guests for their show and preparing the guests so that they are an amazing conversation. Well, I'm a big fan of Kitcaster, you know, and how you guys do my job for me. You know, don't tell the mats <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I'll get an email from Riley or whomever Anna on the team and you know, you guys give me guests that are exactly the guests I want. So you don't waste my time, which is, and you know, these, uh, what do you call them? The media kits, media pages. Yes. It's just like, it's all, I don't have to vet. I don't have to, it's, I don't have to hunt. All the information is right there. And, and even taking it a step further, you guys give me, um, ideas on what the title of the, of of what the person will speak about. 
And that's, that's one of the huge time sucks for me. So thank you for doing your job so well that I can do my job so well. Yeah, you are absolutely welcome. I mean, that was all derived from feedback, really. I mean, that's our goal is to make it as easy as possible for a host to say yes and to have all the information. And, you know, we don't want to waste anybody's time. Yep especially uh, the host, our clients, you know, everyone's busy and we want to make sure it's a good match. We're celebrating a conversation. That's what we do. That's right. Well, I have one more thing before we wrap this up and it's a game. Oh, good. We're going to play Would You Rather. Oh, okay, great. I don't, it's really early. I'm not drinking yet. I know. I know. It's a lot of people haven't played. <laughs> I haven't played since college, but I was I was a winner then and I'm a winner now. Let's do it. I promise I'm sure that uh I'm sure college got a little reckless. I know um <laughs> it did for me. So yeah. it's not like that. Right. You certainly don't need any beverages, but if you okay. have some, I mean, you know, go for it. Okay. All right. Hopefully the listeners along home, you know, it's super, it's, it's just funny and fun and it has a little podcast flavor to it. Love it. Okay. So the first question, because we're kind of approaching this season, I think it's a really, really important question to ask, but who would you rather do your taxes? Willie Nelson or Mike Tyson? Oh, I'm a Willie Nelson fan. So it's it's simply just because I love Willie. Uh, no disrespect <laughs> to Tyson, but you know he might I, I be would, a great accountant. Who knows? But Willie's, not, Willie's your guy. He's my guy. <laughs> All right. So here is to I think really amazing podcast hosts. Would you rather? Trust Your Secrets with Ira Glass from This American Life or Dan Carlin from Hardcore History? Ah, that's a hard one. I know. Secrets. Um, I'm going to say Dan. I'm going to say Dan. Okay. Yeah, I think there's quite quite a vault of secrets there. Just add to it. Who would you rather be stranded on an island with? Mm. Tina Fey or Amy Poehler? Tina Fey. You know, she's just so funny. And she, I really feel like we could be best friends. <laughs> but why not? Let's give it a shot. There's a Probably buddy be friendship. Because we're <laughs> stuck on an island together. <laughs> a forced friendship. Yes. <laughs> All right. This is the last question. Who would you rather write your business pitch? You've been a part of a lot of startups. You're starting your own business. Would you tap Elon or Oprah? Um, Elon. I mean, there's just really, Oprah is successful and she, you know, made an industry, but I truly believe that you, you never want to ask someone for like, you know, I'm always so amazed when I see entrepreneurs, like, you know, a panel of entrepreneurs talking about entrepreneur stuff, but none of them are entrepreneurs. Like you work for the city and and you work for the government over here. And so that's why I'm choosing Elon is because he has written pitch decks before and he has gotten funding. And, you know, so that's why I would choose Elon. No disrespect for Oprah. No, no. Oprah's great, but Elon is going to be your go-to. We start the company. All right. Great. That's it. 
That was easy. That yeah? was easy. That was fun. I like okay. that. Okay, good. Um, that is all we have for hosted today. Jessica, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing all the insight for the listeners. For those of you who are tuning in, continue to do so. Follow us on all the socials. Check out KitCaster. This this whole series is brought to you by KitCaster. If you're interested in being a podcast guest, reach out to us. Let us know. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hosted, a podcast brought to you by Kitcaster, a podcast booking agency. If you want to find out more about Kitcaster, about Hosted, find us on all of the relevant social channels and tune in to more episodes of Hosted. Take care.